0: Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hello, hello again. Welcome back. Come on in if you're new. We're going to talk about some sensitive stuff today. So this is my content warning for you. Um, I'm going to talk about some mm, sexual abuse, I guess, is what we're going to call it. Um, Some childhood trauma that, uh, you know, it relates to that vein of things, um, the sexual nature, and um, a little bit of online stuff. So anyway, this is just to let you know that there is some sensitive stuff coming up. So if that is um, a problem for you, then I would recommend that you don't go forward with the episode. Um, and otherwise you have been warned. So here's the thing. Well, okay. So sorry. First of all, something's going on with the audio. I feel like in the last episode, it sounded very tunnel um, I haven't figured out exactly what it is that's causing that, so I apologize if it still sounds that way. I'm going to work on it and figure it out, but for now, this is what we got. So moving on, um, I had a little bit of inspiration to talk about this topic because um, we are working on our backyard right now, and we are trying to bring it into its potential a beautiful yard it has lots of space and again lots of potential but the previous owners didn't really take care of the trees and stuff so we have to deal with a lot of dead trees and they had this um, patio in the back that's made with those like big flagstones and they didn't really lay them correctly so they're they've got grass and stuff coming up between the rocks and they're all jagged and it's just kind of a mess. So we're working on that, trying to figure out what the heck we can do. And my stepdad had said to me on my birthday, actually, he called me and he said, this summer, we're going to get that yard in ship shape. So hopefully that's true. Hopefully we do get to work on it this summer. Uh, we still have to sort of figure out what, how that's going to look if we do end up doing it. Um, but so I was, you know, I posted on my Instagram today about how, we're hoping to do this work we're hoping to bring my oasis um of my dreams to life and all of this and that I thought it was funny and a little ironic because my dad isn't as is a landscape my stepdad sorry is a landscape architect and my mom along with my dad ran a nursery like a greens, um a garden garden center greenhouse for like 15 years and uh We, as the children of the family, we were all involved in the business in one way or another. Um, And I'm also, so I'm also going to preface this, this conversation or this, this dialogue. It's not really a dialogue either. It's just me talking to a microphone. (laughs) Anyway, um, what I, I'm going to preface what I'm going to say, what my story is with the fact that I have not revisited this stuff with either of my parents And I can only speak to the things that have gone on from my perspective. Um, So I haven't talked to either of them about what really went on um, or, you know, explored any of these things. So I am going to tell this story from my perspective of um, growing up as a girl in this environment and uh, some of the things that happened to me growing up and what I believe to be the Underlying factors and why certain decisions were made and things like that. So I will, you know, again, I'm going to be upfront and say that I don't know if this is it real realistically what happened. Um, there may have been factors that I was not aware of that came into play, but this is how it feels <laughs> essentially now as a grown woman to look back at those experiences and the things that happened um, and go, yeah, okay. I kind of see how sexism operated there, and um, how this trauma that I experienced as a young girl uh, probably factored in and affected some of the things as well. Um, because what came to mind was that I, I've always sort of tried to explain, and and I've again, I've always thought, found it a little comical that my parents were so involved in this business. And I am now a grown adult who knows nothing about plants or trees or landscaping or any of that stuff. I mean, virtually nothing. And I was thinking about this and kind of reflecting on it earlier. And I I was thinking about how uh, when my role and my sister's role, uh, when we were kids and along with our cousins, my aunt also ran the greenhouse with my mom and so my my two boy cousins her sons also participated in a lot of this work as well so our role was always greenhouse based right we were always in the greenhouse and um that meant a lot of like weeding (laughs) like uh we had these big um tables essentially they were yeah just let's just say that they were tables And they were very large. They ran across the whole, along the perimeter of both sides of the greenhouses. And then there would be an alley, and an aisle in the middle that you could walk down. And those, these were quite high. They were like, at least to me, they felt really high, like probably hip or or like mid-breast height on me growing up. (laughs) Excuse me. And um, our job a lot of different times was to go underneath these tables with all of the flowers on them and pull out the weeds underneath uh, because <clears throat> the greenhouse was a place where people would come in to shop as well as, as would, uh, it operated as sort of a nursery where my dad would pull from uh, to get product and stuff when he was doing his landscaping stuff but people would come through and shop through there as well to purchase their own, uh, plants and whatnot. So my parents and my aunt, um, made it our job to weed underneath those things to make them look presentable. That's again, how I recall the the whole thing, right? That's how I, what I recall it being. Um, so there was myself, my twin sister, my stepbrother who was younger than me, um, and then my two cousins who did a lot of that stuff, uh, we did potting as well. We would put, we would, you know, we'd get these huge stacks of pots and just have to fill them with soil, just like very mundane stuff that sucked <laughs> and it was hot and it was uncomfortable. And I remember getting in trouble. I can distinctly remember getting in trouble from my aunt because, oh my God, um, we, so we would have to weed underneath these things. And these greenhouses are really long, right? They're just these long aisles of, of these beds of plants. And so you'd have a big bucket and you'd have to throw the, the weeds in the bucket. <laughs> and I got this real clever idea to collect the weeds, pull a bunch out by hand, collect them up, and then carry them to the bucket and and not bring the bucket along with me, and just have to be c- coming back and forth and back and forth. And my aunt was like, "That's not the way you do it. You're supposed to bring the bucket with you because it takes too long to be, blah, 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 you know, going back and forth. You need to just carry it with you." And we kind of got into a fight, and she was like, "If you're not going to be working and wor- and and work for for your money, then you can just go home. You're not going to I'm not going to pay you to be here and be stupid." <laughs> and I was like, "Great," <laughs> so I went home. Like I didn't want to be there. This <laughs> isn't an option for me. My March breaks were spent in these greenhouses and it sucked. I hated it. I didn't want to work at all. Like it was I was so lazy as a kid. <laughs> anyway, so things like that. It was really just terrible work. And now, you know, again, knowing myself as a neurodivergent. I can see why that is. Whenever I get into, I've been in a job where it's mundane and sort of mindless, I can't do it. It just, it, it drives me nuts. It makes me want to like scream and break things. <laughs> so makes sense that that's my reaction, that I, w- I would do whatever I could to get out of doing the work when I was younger. Anyway, so that was us. The younger kids did that. And then the older kids, my I have two older step brothers and a biological brother as well. And then they, my dad had hired other guys, uh, crew guys, that they would do the landscaping stuff. And to me, that was like the cool work, right? That was the cool thing. You got to go to do the jobs, and you got to be out in the sun, and and be digging, and and be. It was seemed way more fun and exciting, and just like it. It just, I don't know. It seemed just not so blame <laughs> to be able to be out in the world and you got to go in the trucks. And anyway, it was, it was probably stupid, but, <laughs> but in my little, you know, 12 year old brain, it was like, Ooh, that's super cool. And I want to do that instead. And for a long time, my dad was just like, no, 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 you're not doing it. You're not doing it. You can't come. So I, I don't remember if my, I feel like my cousins, my, 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 the who are boys, I feel like they sort of stopped doing the greenhouse stuff and all of that by the time we we got to like age 14 or something. I feel like they, they just didn't follow through with it. Whereas like my brothers kept going, right? And my little brother, I feel like, I know he went on jobs at some point too, but I can't remember when exactly. So the point I'm getting at here is that it felt to me Like, the girls weren't allowed to do that work, the landscaping. The girls were supposed to stay in the greenhouse. The boys would, at age-appropriate times, go out and do the landscaping. And that felt very limiting and obviously sexist. Um, And and again, it's possible that's not what it was, but it feels like that's what it was. Um, And I do recall... I do remember at some stage, my dad did let my sister and I go out and do jobs landscaping. And so now this is where, again, the timeline on things is foggy for me because we, there were, okay, I gotta tell this story. I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly before. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there was a guy that worked for my dad. And now, I guess it's important, this is why I, I can't remember the timing of stuff, because the, the guys who worked for my dad would be, um, they'd be able, like, they would see us occasionally, like my sister and stuff, right? Because we had a shop that was not attached to our house, but it was right beside it. And my dad ran his business out of that shop. So in the mornings, occasionally, when we were going to school, the guys would be getting ready for the day to be leaving for their sites, and we would be out waiting for the bus or whatever. Um, and then in the afternoons, there was often a chance that we would run into them because we'd be outside in our yard or, like, in the pool or whatever, and they would be getting back to the shop after working for the day. Um, so that was fairly frequent and common to see them. or sometimes sometimes even my dad had an office in our house, and so sometimes especially the the sort of ch- party chief I'm gonna call them, the guys who like ran crews, they might be in our house occasionally. So this one guy was just a like a hand, you know, he was just a guy that worked uh, doing the landscaping stuff and uh, I'm not gonna name him because it doesn't matter, but he like i so saw it's summertime when they see us because it's landscaping season i i i was 13 i had developed physically substantially by that point um i had quite uh let's say a rack and i often read for being quite a bit older than i was at that age Basically, from the ages of like 13 to 18, I looked like I was 18. And from the ages of 18 to, to 25 or 26, I looked like I was 18. So I looked like I, I was 18 for about 12 years. Anyway, so I don't even remember how it started. I don't know where where any of this stuff started. But so I would be wearing bikinis and stuff in our backyard at our pool. And eventually this guy somehow, I don't know, we've talked or whatever, got my email address. And he started emailing me. And uh, it started out fine, you know, it was just talking to somebody, but then it kind of started to get a little bit weird. But for me, being a 13 year old girl, who lacked self- like self confidence, and was sort of just discovering that I had a body and things like that it felt very exciting to me that this person was talking to me in a very mature way and having these adult conversations. And it was just, I don't know, to me, it didn't feel inappropriate. I mean, actually, no, I I think actually, I did know that it was sort of inappropriate at the time, but it felt exciting. So I kept talking to him and sharing information and having these conversations and stuff. And then he would send me emails, you know, quite explicit. Um, Okay, so again, content warning, this is a pretty sexual sort of um, uh, thing (laughs) that I'm going to talk about right now. Um, He sent me an email that described having dreams about me or like fantasies about me in the shower with water running over my breasts, things like that. And then at one point, he said to me that he wanted to have my underwear and that confused me um and i started that started to sort of alarm me a little bit and i tried to pull back on what was happening and I got like, so I got scared. And so I was like, oh, uh, most of my underwear is stained. It's I've had my period, blah, blah. And like, I was just trying to make it <clears throat> seem gross and gross him out. So he would stop asking, but he persisted. He was like, oh no, that's really hot too. And um, yeah. <laughs> so at, at some point, probably around that time, I needed to tell my parents what was going on. And so I, I, very uh, very uh what's the word like timidly i was really apprehensive i was really scared because i felt so invigorated by so much of what happened until a certain point and then i knew that we had crossed a line and i didn't know how to get out of it i didn't know how to like again 13 no ability to actually have mature relationships like this. This, okay, so uh, also for clarity's sake, he was 27 at the time, which to me felt so old, like super old. Now I'm thinking, holy crap, 27 is like nothing, but <laughs> anyway, so he was 27, I was 13. I don't know if he knew that I was 13. Honestly, I'm not sure if I ever told him my age. Um, and so, like I said, like he could have potentially thought that I was older, but even still, he knew that I was young. So there's no excusing what he did and how he spoke to me. He knew that I was young enough that I, that I wouldn't have been able to have that kind of a relationship. So anyway, I went to my parents and I had been saving these emails and I think at one point I even printed one out because I showed somebody at school. Because again, I was like, "Ooh, this is exciting! I'm in a mature relationship." Oh my god! Like I was, I was treating it like it was it was beneficial to me, not like it was abusive to me. And uh, so I don't even really remember what what happened. I feel like I must have blacked out of my brain, the the whole telling my parents situation because. I mean, that's that's a thing that I don't wish anybody ever has to do with their parents. This is part of why I try to maintain a really open dialogue and conversation with my own kids about this stuff so that if something like this ever happened to them, they would know that they could come and tell me anything. They could tell me anything. I would never get mad at them. I would never blame them. You know, I would be on their side 100%. And I'm, and I'm hoping that by ha- also having these conversations that something like that doesn't ever happen to them because they will know themselves, they will have a better understanding about who, about their bodies, what they're going through, um, that they don't need that kind of validation from somebody else, all that stuff. I'm hopeful for that. But at the very least, if it does ever happen to them, that they know they have me on their side and that they can talk to me about anything. Now, that's not to say that my parents necessarily reacted in a way that made me feel like really terrible. I feel like, again, reflecting on it, I feel as though my parents had my back. I felt as though they believed me and they um, supported me, which is something I think is almost unique. Uh, Well, not unique, but, but when I hear about other women now who have experienced similar things when they were growing up. I think the common denominator for a lot of them is that they come from backgrounds where it's very pure base. There's a lot of purity culture there. And so parents uh, are, are led to believe throughout their lives and then put it upon their children that if something bad like that happens to them, that it's the child's fault. Or they don't believe them. They, don't, they think, oh, that person couldn't have done that. They're a good person, etc. So they become either dismissed or they get slut-shamed or that kind of stuff. That I don't feel is what my parents' response was. So that's really fortunate. Um, I think that I'm, I mean, I'm very, very grateful that my parents didn't do that to me, at least not that I can recall. And I feel like it would have been traumatic had that been the response. So the one thing is that like, they never really talked to me about it. They never said, you know, do you want to talk to a counselor about this? Do you want to like, they, they never really I feel like it was it feels unresolved still anyway so maybe I should talk to my parents about it and say like you know can we talk about this but I know with my stepdad especially he's this sort of stuff makes him extremely uncomfortable he's the kind of dad that like when we would watch movies growing up we could watch something like Terminator together and he'd be all into it but if we watched a movie where there was like even a remotely sexual scene, he'd be covering his eyes, he'd be covering my eyes, he'd be cl- plugging his ears, going la, 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 la. like he just can't handle that stuff. So, I don't know that I would ever talk to him about it, especially because my parents are now divorced too. So, I don't know, it doesn't feel like I'd be able to have like a productive conversation with the two of them, it would have to be separate and stuff. So, I don't know, I have I might talk to them at some point, but it just doesn't feel like, something that either of them ever want to revisit, because I can't imagine as a parent going through that with your kid, um, and then having to deal with it, so I'm sure that they, like, (laughs) I, I can, I feel like they debriefed me in the sense that they said, like, it wasn't my fault, and, you know, that they were there to support me, I believe they reported him, um, I don't know what came out of that, but they did sort of seek, you know, sort of talking to authority and stuff about it, but, um, Yeah, so, so this is where I'm like, I think, I feel like my stepdad would have been very, very cautious after this to expose me to men on his cruise. Um, He knew that there would be other men who would potentially do something similar. Because, again, we're not, like, we're not, we're not going to... Uh, what's the word oh my kids are coming home now (laughs) Uh, mince words here and say that these are all upstanding guys who have like feminist views about about things like they're they're not (laughs) so I'm I get I got the sense that he would be very cautious about having me with these other men and stuff around in those scenarios, particularly because I was definitely the kind of girl that, like, I loved to be in a bikini. I was flirtatious; like, I wasn't uh, uh, shy, let's say. <laughs> so he would have wanted to protect me. So I don't really. I think it was one summer, or maybe even part of one summer, that I was able to go out and do the landscaping stuff. And because I felt really uh, like suppressed by the roles that I was given again not my choice you know I felt like I didn't have any control over what I was doing or what I got to do all that stuff I made it a point of being very rebellious and not learning anything (laughs) I like refused to to take in and absorb any of the, the, the stuff that I could learn about the plants or the processes or, uh, the landscaping or any of that stuff, maybe the landscaping, some of the, the sort of layout and stuff like that, I could probably pull off, but, but I don't know anything about plants, um, how they, like how to take care of them. I'm a notorious plant killer. And I sometimes, like I was, so I was thinking about this, about this, I've explained before that I have this rebellious, I had a rebellious side where in order to express my autonomy, I was like, okay, you can force me to work for you and do the jobs that you want me to do only, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not going to pick up any knowledge here, (laughs) which is of course only detrimental to me because I'm still spending all that time doing that. And it would have been of benefit to me now to have absorbed some of that information. But again, you know, we're just, that's who I was. Um, I didn't like the situation. So now <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't have the first clue what I'm doing in trying to like fix up this yard. I don't have the first clue what I'm doing in taking care of house plants or any of that stuff. Don't have a clue. And it feels kind of crappy, especially because right now, like right, right now, it is so trendy to be crazy plant mom, (laughs) to have all the plants and to be tending to your garden and have these beautiful gardens and stuff. And I feel like I'm not able to do that because I I suppressed so much of what I experienced growing up um, because I hated it. And I'm kind of sad about that. But anyway, so like I was reflecting on that rebelliousness and reflecting on the fact that I wasn't really permitted or allowed to do the landscaping stuff um, where I feel like I would have learned more because I would have learned about how you place plants in certain areas because they need more shade or more sun Um, what kinds of plants and like what go together and what they need and all of that stuff I feel like I would have picked more of that up had I done the landscaping stuff versus just being under a plant bed weeding it out like (laughs) that's not really (laughs) learning anything I learned how to transplant a little bit anyway so yeah I was I was thinking about all that and then I and then I started really thinking about this experience that I had with this guy And I was like, yeah, that probably factored into some of it, at least a little bit, you know, it probably affected how I approached my work going forward. If I was in the greenhouses, it would have affected how my parents, um, delegated work to me because again, they don't want to put me at risk, but a lot of the people that work in that business are like gruff machismo men, um, and so it was yeah I don't know it just it it was a weird experience and, and again I've not talked about it much at all um, never publicly <laughs> so again this is one of the things that I like about having a small audience on the podcast is that I know that not many people are going to hear this <laughs> so it's not it doesn't really feel quote unquote public to me it just feels like I'm sharing with a close friend so anyway. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward, though, to learning more about this this stuff, learning more about plants and plant care and um, the layouts and stuff that we're going to do. I would I really, really do want to be able to work with my stepdad this year on this stuff. And so this is a, something I was going to say, too, because my my twin sister is a lot more close to my stepdad than I am at this point. And um, she has her two kids, and they do tons of this stuff together my stepdad has been so good with the girls getting them gardens put together and teaching them how to take care of them and grow their plants and all this stuff so he's been really hands-on and helping them to learn this stuff so I don't think that he necessarily like I know for sure there was no ill intent or like maliciousness in his refusal for letting us do certain parts of this work um and that he thinks that, you know, we all deserve to know these things. I don't, again, so this is why I'm saying, I don't know if I can really call it sexism necessarily, or like how to label or describe it, because it happened when I was so young. Um, there are other factors that I'm not privy to that would have led to this stuff. So it's hard to say what exactly it was, but this is what it felt like. Um, but my stepdaddy's a great guy. You know, he's so, so great with the kids. Um, and he's so happy to teach and to be hands on and doing the work. So yeah, like I said, I'm excited to to try to get to some of this stuff this year, try to get to to doing these the planting our gardens and tending them and getting our backyard laid out and we need a new deck and some other stuff. So hopefully that all gets done. And I get to learn these things in the process of doing it too. Um, So which is something that I will take with me for my whole life. And again, like I have regrets about not learning anything, refusing to learn anything while I was doing this stuff in the past. Um, But uh, that's that it, it is what it is. And At the very least, my stepdad is happy to do it with me now. So, I mean, I'm fortunate in that sense. Um, Anyway, it was a bit of a heavy one. Sorry if this all makes you uncomfortable. I think we do need to talk about these things, though. So um, thank you again for joining me. And uh, I hope that (laughs) maybe you enjoyed this. Maybe it gave you some food for thought. Uh, Maybe it helped you heal some of your trauma. I don't know. But at the very least, I felt pretty good getting it getting off my chest and and talking about it. So thanks for listening. Thank you for being here. I appreciate the company. All right. I'm going to leave it there. As always, if you have thoughts on this, if you want to share something, share your own story, anything like that, you know where to reach me. All of my information is in the show notes uh, feel free to subscribe. I don't know what's coming up next week, but I'm sure it'll be a good one. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. Okay. I'll see you in the next one. So I thought about something after I finished recording this episode that I really want to add an addendum that when I was saying that, as a teen, uh, as a young woman, even now, I enjoy being or enjoyed being in a bikini. It was flirtatious, etc., etc., all that stuff. I don't want to give the impression that I'm saying that because of those things that I have a target on my back, um, or that I somehow um, deserve any of the stuff that's going on in my life. It's very problematic uh, that we still seem to be in this culture where objectifying women and sexualizing women and blaming women for what happens to them based on their outward demeanor, based on what they're wearing, all those things, making women responsible for their own abuse, uh, highly problematic. And I don't want you to think that that's what I was getting at. Um, I recognize that there is a culture where Um, if a girl dresses in a certain way or flirts with you or whatever, it somehow erroneously permits that kind of behavior. I don't think that that is okay. It just is the reality. And it was the reality for me. And I could see why my stepdad would be weary of being exposing me to the types of men who would look at that kind of like a thing as as an invitation. So I just want to be clear that I am not condoning that kind of behavior. I don't think that it's okay. It is the reality and we are hopefully moving past it so that like my daughter can wear a crop top when she's ready, when she wants to, and it's not going to over-sexualize her. Um, I think that girls especially need to be given permission to wear whatever they're comfortable in, whatever makes them feel good. And let other people know that it's up to them not to objectify those those people not to look at them like sexual objects um I think that it's so wrong that we've we've continued to do this to girls where we tell them that they can't wear certain things um because of the the message that it sends people I think that's so wrong I also we'll talk about this another time (laughs) but I wanted to make that abundantly clear okay thank you